If someone gives yeah, you something, that. it's like, they say, oh, that's not going to work, or you can't do this, or this or that. It's the same thing in the automotive industry. If someone's like, oh my gosh, that's so much money. My last you know, mechanic you know, ripped me off, and I go, well, we're not your last mechanic. Yeah. So if you don't give me the ability to show you that we're different, well then, honestly, we probably can't help you. Another episode. Wait, another episode? Another, another. Another, another? Another, another one. <laughs> and another one. And another one. And another one. Another one. 20 something. <laughs> Extraordinary Excellence Podcast, special edition, shirtless. None of us are wearing shirts. We got me, Sean, and Warren here, and it is going to be an amazing freaking time. I was at the gas station today, and I overheard two guys talking, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? And I'm like, he, like, I can't quite hear. And I get a little bit closer. And he's like, yeah, that guy Warren Fry is the new Dave Ramsey. That's what they said to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Word on, word on the street. Really? Yep. Okay. Honor <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you background. Warren Fry, Warren Fry has been running a multi-million dollar business, family business, since he was 19, right? Yep. Um, he has... He grew that business. What was the revenue that you grew? Because I know in the beginning, the first few years when that was your only focus, you significantly grew the revenue of that business. Yeah, when I stepped in, it was dad was doing about a half a million dollars a year. And what is it doing now? About three million. So that's pretty pretty substantial. Um, he has built an international company. He's now a speaker. Yeah, he does a lot of work with coaching and mentoring. He's actually the resident master expert under budgeting and financing to help teach financial stewardship. I don't know how many, how much money. I don't know if you've ever taken a survey, but I'm certain that it's been millions of dollars of debt you've helped people pay off. And you know, I can't get the exact stats, but we're so excited to have you here. He's an amazing father. He's an amazing dad, and they are breaking generational curses where they have an amazing relationship. They're looked up to, and they're asked to speak on relationships, and just just a great guy. And he's a really, really great friend. He if is, you want to have a, a great friend, friend. <laughs> you want to have a good friend, Warren Fry. Is an amazing friend. I'm a level two friend, Warren, level ten friend. I don't even Same know if with Sean. A chart. Same with Sean. So anyway, we're so glad you're here, Warren. Exciting. I mean, you know, it's funny coming into this day. Um, I think I've listened to your podcast more in the last few days than I have in oh, the last so few fun. months, um, which is awesome. And uh, I love hearing the uh, the fun that you guys are having. You know, Anthony always makes the statements that this is just we're just having fun doing this. The impact on the world would just be the the, the bonus. So yeah. uh, it's great to be here. Awesome setup. You guys rock and uh, excited to be able to share and just, uh, you know, give whatever I can. So first question, since we got this shirtless edition, <laughs> where'd you get that nipple ring? <laughs> Is it when you were impersonating vanilla ice? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, found it online. Found and, it uh, online. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you can find a lot of stuff online these days. You can. You can. <laughs> Is this even legal? Uh, it, have this much fun? Barely. No. Yeah. Barely. Which episodes did you listen to, Warren? Um, forgot now. Oh, man. <laughs> Anthony's distracting. Those are my landing pads? Great. You know, <laughs> great ones with Brandon and Amanda, you know, Megan. 
Um, started listening to Bill. Just great stuff that you guys are doing here. Love Thank it. you. Uh, well, why don't we do this? Right. With your shirt off? Or? <laughs> Warren can't look I'm at I'm going to put it. Warren's uncomfortably sitting and, and not never looking seen at someone, Anthony. I've never seen someone more uncomfortable oh with a man God. not wearing a shirt on in the same room than no, no. Warren right now. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking shit. Oh, look over here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so while I put my shirt back on, Warren, why don't you just give a little bit of your background and your story? Okay. Um, I know that most people do know, but for those who haven't met you, it'd be great to have a little background. Sure. So as we get you know more serious here, uh, grew up on Long Island, um, typical you know middle class, hardworking family. Uh, so our dad worked very very hard. Mom, stay at home mom because of uh, what dad was able to do um, in his own business. Uh, but dad was a workaholic, and uh, you know I remember that as a kid, he was always working always doing something with the family business. And uh, I kind of break my childhood up into two parts. Uh, first 10 years with, you know, mom and dad being in the house and the last 10 years, um, dad not. And uh, parents got divorced when I was 10 years old. So I saw, you know, a typical, you know, childhood Dad would come home and uh, we'd have dinner and, you know, have fun, kid around. Wasn't really a soccer coach or baseball coach in my life because of the amount of time that he put into his business. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, they were around. Uh, and then, you know, sort of some, you know, uh, struggle with, you know, mom and dad and, you know, mom started to go her way. Dad went another. And um, when I was 10 years old, parents got divorced. And if you've ever grown up in a divorced family, you know, you, you grow up fast, you know, faster than maybe you would have wanted to or liked and uh, had to step into the to role of dad. And I have an 18, I have a brother that's 18 months younger and um, he kind of went on some crazy paths of his life in terms of just you know being rebellion and not listening to mom so i saw that growing up but um you know it was not a bad childhood in the second part of it you know you learn a lot um have a great relationships with mom and dad today it's not that you know anything has gone bad from that but we learned a lot you know i saw um you know mom continually make the same mistakes over and over again uh, interesting fact which some people know not everyone does but between me and Vanessa's parents has actually eight divorces mm. uh, between our moms and our dads. Wow. Crazy. And uh, we always talk and laugh that we knew what we didn't want coming into a marriage, but we also had to get the right information coming out of it. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I saw growing up, you know, was uh, what I didn't want for my family coming out of it. Yeah. And it's very easy to be a victim today. And we see a lot of people that are. And, you know, I guess one of the biggest things that I could say that I knew what I wanted and I realized what I had to do to get it. And I actually did it. Yeah. Maybe not as fast as I would would have wanted to, um, but eventually, you know, we we've gotten to you know different spots in our life in terms of relationship and our marriage and and what we have with our kids. But you know, I saw hard work, and the only thing I saw myself doing was basically coming out of high school and getting into the family business because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I was the type of kid that you know tried a lot of different sports. I tried soccer, baseball, ice hockey. Um, kind of sucked at everything. Mm. Um, and an interesting thing as I see my kids start to do team sports, I can see they have certain traits mm. um, that I have, which is funny. <laughs> um, so I didn't really get into you know a lot of team sports. I, I raced dirt bikes as a kid um, and, and basically worked. Yeah. You know so I would leave school at you know 11, uh, 11 o'clock in my senior year and drive right to my dad's business and I would work there from 12 to five, sweeping the floors. Just seeing what the business looked like at you know 16 years old when I had my, my learner's permit, uh, making 25 bucks a day at that time. Mm -hmm. And then I just started to learn the business, graduated high school, and said, you know what? This, I felt, was the best path because I wasn't big into school. I didn't 
you know, I, I didn't really see myself going down that, you know, typical college road because I wasn't the typical, I feel, high school student with, sure. you know, the sports and, and, the, and the click of friends. I had a couple of good friends growing up, but, you know, wasn't in those cliques of, you know, people just all doing, you know, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you made a major pivot, too. Um, you know, one of the things, I mean, because you were extremely successful in the industry, still are. I yeah. mean, you still are still in the automotive industry, not for long, but you had built this company. And, you know, I, I, how, how old were you when you met Tony? So I was 23. Okay. So you'd been working there full time and growing it for four years. Four years, yeah. And, you know, you had, you had dreams of having 10 different transmission shops with a corporate office in Manhattan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had built out, I forget what it's called, but it was like the, what is it, the parts of the transmissions that you built in the upstairs of Havies? So we built a, a, a manufacturing company called Torque 2000 um, because as I was getting into the industry and, you know, I realized that my dad can only take the business as far as he could based right. off of what he knew. And my dad kind of got thrown into the business, you know, when he went through the divorce, you know, with my mom and the you know, in 89, you know, he brought in someone that would help him in the business. But then when I stepped in, found out that that partner was stealing from him because that only can do so much. Uh, so when I got in, I started to really learn the business and study and kind of open my eyes up to things that my dad just never saw. There was a part in a transmission that we would buy from a supplier off of an assembly line. Mm. So you have an engine, you have a transmission, and there was that one part that connected the two of them together. And that's what would usually fail under warranty and take out our new transmission. Oh, wow. So wow. what what happened is we would do a transmission for two, 3,000 bucks, buy a part for 200, it would fail, six, 12, 18 months later, take out our new transmission, they'd say, all right, here's another one, but then we lost all that, that time wow. and money into it. So I did the research, I said, you know what, we'd be better off just remanufacturing our own, dad thought I was crazy. I said, look, trust me, it'll just make more sense over the long term. It was like $150,000 investment in 2000. Mm. Um, we did it. We brought it on. And not only do we then sell to ourselves, but then we were selling to an, uh, maybe 10, 15 other transmission shops in, in wow. the Tri-State area. Wow. Because they, they were experiencing the same problem. They just weren't willing to make the investment over time. Right. And that, and that did that investment end up paying off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it paid off. You know, we ran that company for about 12 years. And then it got to the point, again, where times were changing. Um, to then keep up with the, mm. the current technology, it would have probably cost another three or 400000 to invest. And we had someone buy us out, and then we were just buying directly from them because nice. it just didn't make sense because we weren't looking to scale it. Well, I wasn't anymore. Uh, looking to scale it to you know a large distribution con company all over the country. Right. And my brother wasn't, so we just sold him. Nice. Yeah. So you, you had all the success, and you know you were, you're – very comfortable because you're making a great income, you're in a family business, you're working hard, and you're pursuing this. But now you had an opportunity where, you know, through your brother Wayne, you'd connect with Tony with a, with a different type of a business that would create a little bit of a different type of a result. Uh, very often, I've always found it to be one of the most admirable characteristics of someone when they're very successful in something, to be willing to then go to the bottom again, to then relearn something that they feel is better for their family, I think speaks so highly of someone's yeah. character and who they are, you know, because it means you're not, you're not going to depend on image. You're not going to just look back on your old accolades. You're willing to get super uncomfortable and do that. And that was a decision that you made. So why did you make a decision to change industries? Why did you go that route? And for people that struggle with that, what would you recommend them to think about to decide? So I think the biggest thing in, in anything we always say, it's, it's how you want to live, not what you do. 
So I only knew one thing. It's what I saw my dad do. But I knew at 22, 23 years old that I would wind up sacrificing my family's life for that com family business. Mm. I'd make great money, 152, 250, whatever it is we could eventually make. But I wouldn't be present in my children's lives like my dad wasn't in ours. Mm -hmm. And I said I could either go down that road or I can hopefully find something that would give me what, you know, what I've always wanted. Second thing was that when my parents got divorced in 1989, my dad's business was worth a million dollars. The house that he had built and we were living in was worth a million dollars as well. And dad got the business, mom got the house because we were living in it. And that's just the way it worked in the divorce. And I said, wow, I said, I am not going to put myself in that same situation, build something, put all my time, my, my, my equity and sweat and equity into it. And then God forbid something happens, I have to give half of it to my wife. Cause I just did not expect to have a good marriage. I was just mm -hmm. gonna wind up doing the same thing that not only my parents did, but most of the people, unfortunately, in the automotive industry. Right. You know, they're just not strong character people. Um, so I said, you know what? It's just, it's gonna be what it is. And, you know, I was going into, you know, any marriage I was gonna have with a prenuptial agreement where I was like, look, this is what I've got before. And if it doesn't work out, I'm left with this, you're left with that. And I was not going to do what I saw my dad do. So I was literally going into my marriage that I didn't have or see yet to fail. Thinking of failure. Yeah. 100%. And so there's a couple of things. I said, you know what? I don't want to sacrifice my family's life if I can do some things differently. And when I ran into my partners and reconnected with Tony and saw what he was doing, how he was living life, the peace of mind that they had on their, you know, in their, in their eyes, I had never experienced before. Yeah. And I said, you know what, I can either get uncomfortable for a little bit to change, you know, my future, my legacy, or I can just do what's what's easy and right. And look, it, it's in all areas of our life. You said, you know, what would you recommend to someone? Well, it's in relationships. It's in, you know, business. It's in a lot of things. Um, I was in a relationship and not everyone knows this, but I was in a relationship for eight years. And when I had met Tony, I was in that relationship. Mm. And I remember asking, you know, his father, you know, how do you know if she's the one? And I don't even remember what he said. And, you know, I actually had gotten, you know, a ring and, and proposed to my ex-girlfriend. And literally the next day she gave me the ring back. Mm. And I remember it was a major changing point in my life because it literally just turned my heart. And I truly believe if it wasn't for that situation or that experience, it never would have opened my heart up for, for my wife, mm -hmm. Vanessa. Because literally six months, maybe five to six months later, we... We were dating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think there's there's certain things that happen in your life that open you up to say, you know what, I don't want to go back. I want to move forward. And a lot of people just would rather just be comfortable. You mm. know, I think a lot of couples stay together in relationships because it's easy. Mm. And I think that they don't realize it could be that much better on the other side because it's so wrapped up into the relationship that they're in currently. And I was in that. I was in yeah. that for eight years. I proposed because it was the next thing to do. Oh, you're married. For, you're together for this long. All right, let's yep. get engaged. And yeah. then it's the engagement, the wedding, the, the house, the kids and all that stuff. But if that didn't happen to me, I never would be where I am now. And I imagine it could be this good. I Most people don't know this either about me is that literally three weeks before four weeks before Kay and I met, um, I think I had just proposed to my girlfriend at the time that I was dating for almost five years. And then it just a week and a half later called it off. Yeah. Then I needed a date and that's how I met Kay. And that, that moment taught me a lot about, or just opened me up like it did for you. And then Kay walked into my life a few weeks later. Yeah. And it's funny. I don't know if it's because of what I knew I was going to do going into marriage with 
you know, a prenup and the, and the crazy relationships. Cause like I saw everything I didn't want, you know, growing up, you know, and I get a great work, work ethic from my mom and my dad, but they are not the model citizens in terms of, you know, dating and relationships that, you know, we would go by and Anthony, you can relate. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's wild, you yep. know, how we've yep. all become. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to do something different and, and I never would have thought back to what I was saying is I said to myself that I would only ask somebody once. And I don't know why I said that, why I thought of that. And it actually happened to me because Mm -hmm. when I asked her and she said yes and then no, I knew I was done. Yeah. And I guess that situation had to happen in order for me to, you know, put me where I am, where I am today. Yeah. That's one of those things that you look back on and both of you guys are so loyal. I don't know if that would have, without that kind of tumultuous specifically in this case where she just decides to say no, I mean, you probably just would have kept plowing forward just at a loyalty, commitment, and obligation. I totally would because it wasn't like we had a bad relationship where, you know, because my, 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 my temperament, my personality is I'm pretty easygoing and yeah. I don't, you know, tolerate a lot of stuff. So I'm not going to be in a relationship for eight years if it was really bad. But it just got, you know, stale and, you know, it, you're not inspired by sure. the way, uh, you know, you, you want to be. Yeah. And it just gets, you know, I guess I would say stale and old. For sure. Yeah, so you made that transition. So and you and you it was both, you know, relationship, you know, which is you made this major transition to change relationships and you 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 decide to change industries for the long-term effect. So to try to organize some people's thoughts. If someone's at a crossroads, they're at a crossroads with a, a relationship like you talked about, they're at a crossroads with a career change, they're at a crossroads with any major decision in life. How are the things what are the things that you use to weigh or what would you say to them to weigh to make a decision which way to go? Yeah. Well, again, it's 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 comes down to what do you want? You know, I, I grew up seeing, you know, crazy relationships. I saw, you know, a mom carry, you know, a crazy childhood into her her marriage and then eventually me and my brother's life. And um, I winded up carrying some of those traits into my adult life as well. Mm. You know, in terms of what I saw my mom, you know, she's very codependent in terms of, you know, just different things that she saw growing up. She just thought it made sense to do it here. Right. You know, gossiping and, you know, unfortunately, you know, pathological liar. And, you know, it's so funny where so many people say, well, you know, you marry your mother. Mm. And when I look at my life, I married the complete opposite of my mother. Yeah. And I look at that because if I wasn't meant to change, if I wasn't meant to, to live a different life, I would have married someone like my mother and justify gossiping, justifying, you know, the lies, justifying the way she lives her life. And it's so funny as you're tested because if you truly believe in your heart that you want to be different, that you want to move forward, there will be people placed in your life that are going to help you get down that road. So I think it's number one, identifying what it is that you want and then truly believing in your heart that you're worth it. Because I think so many people stay in, you know, bad relationships, they stay in bad careers, they stay, you know, in, in just bad situations because they don't feel like that it's going to be better on the other side. So I think the first thing you got to do is make sure you believe that you are worth more. How do you do that? Oh, get around people that maybe have what you want, that have, you know, been in same situations and have pushed through and have gotten out of it and say, hey, man, if they can do it, you know, I can do it. I mean, it's such a stupid statement. It's not that it's stupid. It's simple, but it it's truly everything. Because when I met different people in my life that have overcome, I said, they're nothing special. Yeah. They've just maybe have thought some thought a little different, done some things different. Um, so for me, it was two things. It was how I was going to make money and it was the relationships in my life because I always said if I never made another dollar in any industry that I was in, just the peace of mind that I now have because of my marriage and the relationship with my kids and everything, 
you know, I'd be a very, very happy man. For sure. I think that, uh, oh, okay, cool. So, um, with that, tips for marriage. Yeah. You know, talking about, you know, have her, actually, you know what? Even better, let's just do this. Just describe Vanessa. Yeah. Well, for, you know. For, like, people have never met her. You just personally describe Vanessa. Right. So, you know, being in a relationship for eight years and an ex and, you know, my, you know Tony's dad, Vinny, that, that question, hey, how do you know? And now I know that if I had to ask someone that question, I didn't know. And till this day, it's how Vanessa would make me feel when I wasn't in the room. Mm. Right? You know, we've all been in relationships where if your girlfriend was out, you don't know what the, the chatter was like with her friends. And um, for Vanessa, she was just so genuine and so pure. And I'd always laugh with her and say, you know, you know, why didn't I meet you sooner? And uh, our, our laughing joke with one another is that, you know, you know, you weren't ready for me. And uh, she always says that, you know, she, she was marinating. And when I think of that, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because we weren't ready for one another. Right. And, uh, you know, talk about not marrying someone like my mother. You know, Vanessa's line is, you know, she doesn't lie, you know, because she doesn't want to have to run back into you and have to remember what she said <laughs> and waste all that mental energy to try to figure out what was said and what wasn't. Um, right. so, so when I think of Vanessa, I just think of very pure. Um, she lets things go very easy. Uh, that's complete opposite of me. Actually, I think about things too much. And I always say that I want to grow up and be like Vanessa, um, in terms of that. Right. Um, and you know, the biggest thing today is, is I just love watching the love that she has not only thankfully for me, uh, you know, but for our kids and to see how proud she is and, 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 you know, it took work and, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, with parenting and, and marriage, you know, how'd you get to where you guys are? And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of, you know, conversations. It was a lot of, you know, believing that it was going to be this way mm. right now with our boys, you know, 12 and 12 and 15. So, you know, I, I never have to question, um, you know, Vanessa. Yeah. And, and, and I believe a big part of marriage is love and love and respect. And, uh, it was a phenomenal book. And, you know, I, I understood a lot of that book before reading that book. Cause it was just something that I just believed in because if you respect one another, you know, you're not going to question certain things that, you know, you're not sure about. And, uh, and I feel like that's Vanessa and I, you know, to a T it's that love and respect. Uh, we knew what we didn't want coming into this. Uh, we did draw a line in the sand and said, Hey, if we're going to have a different marriage, if we're going to have a different life together, well, we need to think and do things differently because so many people bring to a relationship old baggage. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, and I had some insecurities from past relationships and I remember, you know, having a conversation with Vanessa and, you know, I had to go in talking more, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, my temperament is, you know, I'm always fine. Um, <laughs> and I had to go out of my way because, you know, my dad didn't communicate a lot with me. You know, I knew my parents loved me, but they didn't always tell me my mom did more than my dad. So I always, you know, since Tyler's 15, I always, rem even last night, I always have to tell myself, all right, you know, say I love you to your son. Mm -hmm. You know, and I always remember, it's like that feeling again. It's like, hey, bud, I love you. And I'll reach over and, and rub his back. But even being after having a 15-year-old, I still have to think about doing that, you know, all the time. You know, mm -hmm. so it's what we knew what we didn't want, but we also had to know what we did want, you know, going forward. Um, and it's just over communicating, you know, not bringing that old baggage. So what I was saying is I remember having a, a sense of insecurity with, with someone that Vanessa was communicating with, you know, either through Facebook or, mm -hmm. and I brought that to her attention. And I remember it wasn't even a, a question. She's like, all right, it's done. 
Right. And, I, and it wasn't that I didn't trust her. It was just how I felt from a previous relationship. And she always says when she tells the story, she goes, it wasn't worth losing Warren um, over that stupid, uh, simple, I keep saying stupid, that, that conversation that I was having that meant nothing. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing, biggest thing about Vanessa is that she doesn't play the game. She just knows what she wants and she goes after it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What color your underwear? White today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I love it. I have so much fun with Warren. Yeah. And you guys have a great relationship. It's a model relationship that a lot of people look to. And I just, it's, it's always, I think it's always a special thing when you've created something, you've created some success in an area that has not been a strength in the past, specifically that's been modeled for you. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, like you I mean, understand eight divorces. That, well, you understand that too, because sure. we've all got pretty wild stories. And, you know, for us all to be sitting here and, and almost now parenting our parents. It's true. I mean, that, that's what we're literally doing is we're now parenting our parents based on our finances, our relationships. You're seeing it, we're seeing it. Um, it's it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so on, on, this, on wild stories, what's your wildest story, Warren? Wildest story. Yeah. Not the wildest one you're willing to share. The yeah, wildest know. one. The wildest of the wildest. I mean, Capital super, wild. super, super, super important to share that yeah, one. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I can't pinpoint to one that really tops what I ho- heard with, you know, Amanda Wood. You oh, know, well, I mean, Amanda yeah. Wood's I mean, got I was, Amanda Wood's got I was, wow. I was pretty shocked with uh, the job, awesome. Brandon. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't really say, you know. You know who can top Amanda's crazy stories? Mike Signorelli. Oh, really? I can Nobody see has crazier yeah. stories yeah. than Mike. You know, it's funny. You know, I didn't go down the whole college route. I didn't get caught up into partying crazy with different things. Because, look, I basically, at 16 years old, was stepping into a family business. Um, you know, we had some friends. You know, we made a lot of money. But, you know, I was just always, you know, I kind of grew up faster than maybe I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I regret anything looking back? Not really. Um, you know, a funny story is when we were maybe 13 or 14, we grew up in Smithtown and we lived, you know, on the, the Nisiquag River. And uh, funniest thing is one of my best friends, his last name was Burger. Oh, okay. So last name is Fry, his last name is Burger, and that was my that's ex-girlfriend's last name. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's it was... Really, that's yeah, really freaky. It was always like, oh, you know, one day if, if you guys <laughs> well, got married, it. it would, you know, it would be a Burger and Fry, right? <laughs> so we were like maybe... 12 or 13 and you know we lived in an area where it was wooded so we'd always ride around on the streets with our dirt bikes and our quads and we lived on the Nisquake River so one time we were literally water skiing down the river now it's a, it's a five mile an hour zone because you typically canoe and kayak down there and uh we were just all right whatever we'll water skiing we're literally water skiing around kayaks and canoes and oh that's um, wild that's, yeah wild. pretty wild and then all of a sudden we see cops at the end of the the river like where the boat ramp is like right. literally like hey you know, what are you guys doing? Come over here. And, you know, they impounded the boat and they, they drove Ooh. us home in a cop car. And uh, as they were driving home, the cop radioed in. He's like, hey, you know, I've got a burger and two fries that I'm taking home. Right now. <laughs> and uh, it was me and my brother and, you know, my buddy Bill. You know, so it was kind of funny hearing that. Um, I wish I can give you something, you know, okay. crazier oh. than Amanda. Oh, um, I got it now. Give me your craziest Wayne story. Now we're good. <sighs> yeah, this, that'll have to come to me. I love Wayne. Oh, I love that guy. He's hysterical. Yeah. He has so many funny stories and crazy stories. You just can't even pick right. one. He's definitely a fun He's friend. He's wild. Wayne is, Wayne is definitely a fun friend he um, to have on the other side um, if you were <laughs> to do that. But I'll think of a crazy Wayne story, and if it comes to me, I'll, 
I promise I'll share. Yeah, because that would be really good. Interrupt whatever we're doing <laughs> with a crazy Wayne story. Sean, I, I know you've been uh, working on tech over there as Yeah, usual. we're getting some like crazy It's not on the feedback. recording probably, but it's in our ear. So like, Now it's in their ears. <laughs> Warren, Warren. Warren, do the best. <laughs> 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 Oh, man. How about that uh, time in South Beach? That was a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> that was one that we could... Well, I, I can attest to that one. Wasn't around <laughs> for that one, but I've heard it. It's, it's pretty crazy. Here's oh. the here's the summary. South Beach. Drinks the size of fish bowls. <laughs> homeless man with an albino anaconda. Bar fight. That's all you need to know. Yep. Stay tuned for this episode in like 4,000. I was going to say, I don't want to get another episode pulled. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Big enough. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I guess really, I just you know, because you said Warren's probably one of the best friends and most oh, loyal is. people you could you could know, and I and I concur. Um, so, was there like a time in your life where you just knew like, no matter what happens, like like that you could say that kind of where you determine that that's how you're going to be or how you're going to act or that's going to be like who you are. Or is it just something that you've just had since you can't even remember because it just been, was born with you? No, I don't think it's something that I always had. I mean, as you start to get older, and, and a major change in my life was at 23 years old when I connected back with Tony and opened up the door to his parents and, and the mentors that we have. Because, you know, I could talk about having a great marriage one day, but where do I get that right information to know that I'm going to? And, uh, you know, Vinny and Dana married for, you know, 44 years and, um, getting access to that. So, you know, w when Vinny would talk about, you know, different things that I, I wanted, um, I started to realize that, hey, if I'm going to live differently, I got to start to think differently and act differently. Um, I had good friends growing up as a kid, but, you know, I don't know, when you're young, it's more about how much time you spend with one another than true loyalty. Mm -hmm. You know, so reconnecting back with Tony and, and him opening up, you know, different things for Vanessa and I, not only to meet my wife, because we met through, you know, through Tony, I started to realize, you know, what does good friends look like? You know, yep. what did that, when you heard different, you know, people talk about a wing person or, you know, loyalty, obviously I wasn't in the military. I wasn't, you know, on high level sports where it was locker room chatter and all that stuff. I always wanted to be a part of stuff like that, but I never was because I just didn't focus in or go down that road, you know, but I think everybody wants to be part of a fraternity or sorority to just have that, have each other's back, mm -hmm. you know? So when I connected with Tony and I saw the, the impact that he was going to make in my life before it even had happened. And I wanted that feeling. I wanted that bond. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. say, well, you know, what was it like being a wingman or, or what, what does a wingman even mean? It just, I don't know, it's just being loyal to one another. And if there was something in the middle of the night that you needed or, or who would you call, yep. you know, he was one of them. Yeah. And it had nothing to do about money. It was just about, I don't know, just doing the right thing, yeah. you know, you know, when no one's looking and, and it's not easy. You know, I, I'm not saying that, you know, we, we do everything right. No one does. But I just knew that I wanted to just live life differently than what I saw my parents do. Yeah. And even till this day, they still do the same thing over and over again, thinking that it's going to be different, feeling different. You know, my mom always says, oh, you know, I need to meet a, a, a nice, rich man. Oh, goodness. And we always go, my brother will say, and <laughs> what are you doing to attract that nice, rich man? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to tolerate the way you act, the way you live. You know, so, not you know. Any wood. Yeah, I just, you know, wanted to model what my kids were going to see me do and act. You know, mm -hmm. when you have children, it changes the game. You know, I remember yeah. when I first had a child, it was the, 
the chap who follows me was a poem or something oh, and i yeah. and, and i love that me too and and i and if my son was in the room if if my son was listening to a conversation if my son was doing anything if my son heard me do anything right now would i be modeling a good good thing for him or not yeah and that's the way i live my life love I'm, it i'm looking it up it's so that's what great. i was just doing and, and i, and I, I love you know, and I go out of my way, you know, like anything, you know, when I'll send Anthony a text or something, he'll always respond. You know, a lot of times he'll respond, you're such a good friend. It's true. You know, and, and I know it's genuine and, and, and I love that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, so. when you're a shitty friend, it's really easy to identify a better friend. Right. And we've all had those <laughs> shitty friends. <laughs> we've all had the shitty friends that, uh, you know. It's true. It's not, true. Not Sorry. Fun. I'm working on it, Warren. I'm no. really working on it. Oh, man. Do you want to I thought you were going to read it. That's why you took the whole computer across the room, no? No, the, the reason. <laughs> the reason why I took the computer across the room is because you, you looked at me and I was, you see, you looking up. I thought I did. looking it up. And then he goes, okay, turns his computer around and then hands it to me. Well, yeah. So why would you look it up if I thought I, read it? I thought I did something wrong. I was like, yeah. then all of a sudden, Warren commotion started, laptops Motion. popping up, this. I'm like, no, I want to oh read gosh. the poem. I love this poem. I want Sean to read it, though. Anthony's just, all right, let's go. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's four pages. It's okay. No. I'm just it's... kidding. Get on it. No. Warren goes, no. <laughs> Warren goes, I, I don't think I've ever seen four pages. I think I've ever seen like 12 <laughs> lines that I liked. All right. The little chap who follows me. A careful man I want to be. A little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self the same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Let me... Like me, he sees he's going to be the little chap who follows me. He thinks that I'm so very fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me, he must not see the little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer's sun and winter's snow, I'm building for the years to be the little chap who follows me. Author James Gibbon. So good. So John true. Maxwell. I remember that. So I awesome. had that scene. Yeah. yeah. So good. That's everything. So... I feel everyone needs that accountability partner, you know, whether it's a mentor or, you know, a good friend or a military partner or sometimes, you you know, your children. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you on track. For sure. And it doesn't matter what you've done before. I mean, it, you can draw a line in the sand at any time. Yep. Amen. Yep. Anytime. Are you about to go talk to the, the newest, um, the most popular man? better in finances than uh i was Dave about Ramsey. to go there i knew you, you were about it? to go there i felt it <laughs> you felt it i was like i, I couldn't i wasn't scared. baked in my thought of how i was going to approach it but i felt this i felt the gear switching yep to that. <laughs> oh switching i got gears, you. guy no switching gears doesn't i've never heard of the robot <laughs> Yeah, no, maybe gears. he's talking about switching gears, transmission background. Robot, you know, that's just what I was trying, trying to do. Yeah. Tying it all together, Sean. Sean, like, Sean, Sean literally. Sean, gear. oh yeah, Sean literally destroyed me with his eyes. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? He crushed my soul with I, how he looked at me with my gear no, change. I just couldn't. It sounded like you were about to go like, thank you very much, Mister Robot. I have one question. I don't, just kidding. I don't see any white claw. Did we, All right. did, did we lose the sponsorship? Oh, now it's time. I don't know. I mean, it's not 9 a.m. in the morning. You know, it I just. It was when we started. <laughs> it was when we started. All right. So, Warren. Switch those gears. We're switching. We're switching. We're switching gears. So, 
I mean, the, just the, some of the principles and finances that you've been able to teach, and my wife and I have been able to. What just happened down there? Don't worry about it. It's on the podcast. That's okay. Good. Um, just some of the principles you've been able to do with budgeting and things like that. Um, you know, we've, we're almost at $180,000 of debt that we've paid off due to. That's so loud because it's on the same table as the microphone. <laughs> Sure, I don't care. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. Um, you know, with that and what Anthony and Callan have taught us and, 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 everybody, and anybody that's been in our life, we've been able to pay off just about $180,000 of debt. We'll be completely debt-free in Jan, at the end of January. So kind of go into, like, you know, if somebody is listening, never been on a budget, I don't know where Anthony wanted to go, but... If they've never been on a budget or they're just thinking about how they have to get their finances in order, where can they start? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for, first of all, for, for me, talking about, you know, being the next Dave Rams, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I just Chris grew Hogan up. said it on his Instagram <laughs> did, right? about his own boss. That's, Dave Ramsey, sorry, we can't take your call. Warren Vrosky. <laughs> um, first of all, you know, running a business at 19 years old, um, a multi-million dollar business, I was forced to start to have to be responsible with money. You know, when you're doing thirty thousand dollars a week, you can get in trouble very quickly if you don't put the money where it's supposed to, mm. right? And and there's a big difference between profit and cash flow, and I feel a lot of people today have never been taught the basics of money, right? It's you true. could be on a budget, you can have an envelope system that Dave Ramsey talks about, but you know, budgeting one on one, you need to make more than you spend. So I think so many people don't even realize how much money they make and how much they spend. So that's the first thing that I always recommend is track every dollar that you're spending. I say if you buy a Tic Tac, write it down. If you buy a cup of coffee, write it down. Take 30 days and take pride in doing it. It's gonna be a little annoying, it's gonna be a little uncomfortable, but that's what successful people do, right? right? It's the discipline of you know buying something from a coffee shop and, and writing it down, and it's buying something from this and that, and you know, at the end of the month, you can then say, okay, this is how much that I've spent, how much do I make? And two things happen from there, you either cut back if you're overspending, or you have to figure out you need to make more money, and that's usually the biggest thing that people don't feel like they're worth more because of what they saw growing up and their childhood stuff. So it opens up your eyes into overspending and then potentially you know, making more money. And when you look at your personal expenses, because you should run your household as if it was a corporation, mm -hmm. because there's a difference between your cash flow and your profit. People think, oh, when I get my, my paycheck, well, that's my profit. No, that's your cash flow. Right before you can take extra money and go buy things, how much do you have left over? Because what are you obligated to pay every single month? And people are spending their cash flow and putting themselves in trouble at the end of the month, right. at the end of the year. If I took $30,000 of the cash flow from the family business and said, all right, we wanna buy a piece of equipment for 30,000, well, I just spent the cash flow, I didn't spend the profit. Because mm. then that 30,000 breaks down into the parts of, you know, of cost, of labor, of overhead, and that's what you need to identify. So it's basically budget 101 is track every dollar that you spend. Make sure you're not overspending. If you are, where can we cut back? Where can we make some more money? And then you start to feel more confident in so many other areas of your life, right? If you're going out on a date, Always. if you're a single guy and your checking accounts in the negative and you have $3 in your pocket, uh, that date goes differently than if you were budgeted out that 150 bucks on that sushi, you know, um, steak dish than, you know, a salad yeah. at, at Panera Bread. Yeah. So it's the confidence that builds, and then that confidence leads into other areas of your life because then, you know, good confidence leads to better quality friends and yep. women. And, you know, yep. Vanessa and I have the relationship we have because of the quality that we both bring, you know, to the table. Yeah. yeah. So that's budgeting one-on-one, in my opinion, you know, with that. 
Yeah. Speaking That's of humble opinion. Yeah. Humble, better what, than Dave Ramsey opinion. One thing I would have done sooner that I would have started to put more money away sure. for investments. Mm. And I heard something, and I don't can't remember exactly, but I think if you put $10 a day away, compounded over time, I think you'd have $10,000 a year. Yeah, I mean, over time. Yeah. I mean, so it's just putting you know money away. And if I look at the money that I spent, the money that I blew on stupid stuff, totally. Whether it's you know toys or different things. And if you I had toys. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much bought whatever we wanted in in my early twenties. And I was like, man, if I would have just put a thousand dollars a year away, yeah. In twenty years, that twenty thousand would be compounded over. And what's funny is the reason why I didn't was because I wasn't taught that. Right. You know, my, when my dad sold the family business to my brother about two years ago, he had zero money in savings. He had zero money in retirement because you just expect that it's going to be okay. And that's one of the biggest things. I said, look, just something, right? Whether it's $10, $50, $100, a little piggy bank turns totally. into a, uh, something that you can just you know stock away. Totally. Two things you said before we get too far off because I know Sean's got some stuff, I think. Or he's just dialing knobs. I'm just dialing knobs. Dialing knobs. You dialed those knobs up really loud. Wow. I feel like I'm screaming in my own ears. I love everything. I love knobs, it too. White Claw. Ooh. Speaking of loving everything, when you talked about sushi, it reminded me of the time that you were uh, moonlighting as body sushi plate. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty crazy story. I'm surprised you didn't share that one. No, I mean, that took me and Vanessa's relationship to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never tasted sushi like the kind I tasted off your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for all your eardrums, because I can stop any of that peaking. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, on a more serious note, I find that success is always the things that are simple, known, and difficult. It, things that are easy to do or simple to do. They're not like a confusing concept. They're not a secret. They're known, but they're difficult. If something is just arduously difficult, requires discipline, and it's something that's almost just people know, it's a 100% chance it's going to lead to success in your life because people just aren't willing to do it. The secrets, there is no secret. If there was a secret to success, people would pay billions of dollars just to buy it, to not have to do it. Right. It's doing it. Right. So that's what comes down to that budgeting and that discipline of it. Yeah. And in all areas, I mean, you hear anything in terms of relationship, it's not the big things that that ruin a relationship where like a a major financial challenge, a a sickness, it's usually the little things compounded over a period of time. It's the, the socks left on the floor. It's the... The underwear and not put you know in the hamper it's the little things that just frustrates the partner and then yeah. over time they get further and further apart and yeah. then two three years later they're done yeah i have a great wife because i do barely anything right and uh she loves me still <laughs> we all have great wives yes very much so. that's one of the things you know and what's funny funny about that is that we all come to a relationship with with issues yeah right and it's not necessarily issues that have to be changed it's just things that make us tick and make us work and make us who we are, but it's our partners that are okay with it, and they actually support us in that. You know, and Vanessa knows that I'm sensitive in certain areas, and I'll probably never change those areas, but she doesn't doesn't step on them or dig into them, she compliments them, which makes me want to, um, you know, become a better man, you know, all the time. Yeah, between you and Callan, I mean, the biggest one of my big issues was my lack of budgeting for the body sushi. So between you mm-hmm. and Callan, I mean, yeah. your budgeting information and Callan letting me, I mean, right. yeah, that's now why once you, a week. And you'll always have that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I'm I don't so think our fun. wives actually listen to our podcast, so we they can don't. pretty much say anything we want. They on don't. This thing about <laughs> My them. favorite. Oh, this is so funny, and I keep saying this. I don't know. I, I can't wait till it happens. Did you hear Francis's? No. I roast Tony. Tony. All in Francis because really? I know Tony will never listen wow, to it. That's and I even say that in there. <laughs> and he won't listen to this one either. That's a story. So I, I said the thing in there. I'm like, one of the funny things about Tony is I, I, I even said the thing. I'm like, where he'll, t- he'll pay like a private jet to go out to dinner for 10 grand, but then I'll be like, you owe me 250 for ice. Because <laughs> 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 he's like one of the most generous people ever, but that's without context, but that's just with, uh, right, with right, Warren. Right. So funny. So funny. Yeah. Oh, man. I love so that. But you, we know Tony's age, though. We should. I mean, this is the podcast that. That's true. That's right. true. How old yeah. is Tony Warren? That's on you. Tony's forty years old. Mm. He's forty. He'll be forty-one this this December. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. the same age as you. Yeah, we're actually. That's interesting because every time. He no, no, ex- no. I'm forty-one. Oh. Yeah. He's so. When he turns forty-one in December, we'll be the same age. So, so in like twenty twenty, yeah, until February. And that's then interesting. So when he makes fun 42. of how old you are, almost. All of the year, he's the same age. Exactly. So he's actually making fun of himself. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. So write that down. I'm gonna take a, a a page out of Anthony's playbook. Please interview Simon T. Bailey. Oh, I'm gonna twist it a little bit. Though. Ooh, Warren. Ooh, little little TT. Who's who? <laughs> who's 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 Foose. Foose. We're talking about cars. Chip Foose. Um, who's one person that you would love to ask? If you had one question, who would you ask it to? Who would I ask it to? Mm-hmm. Top of the dome. This is not like Final Stone. It's not like... It's not Final Stone. This is like pre-stone. Yeah. This is like the first layer. Just because I've never... I, some people have a hard time committing to one answer. Yeah. It's, again, it's... Who would it I don't be? know. I like how you started with again, like we asked again. this question before. Yeah. No, again, like, I mean, um, <laughs> again, like, 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 like the, cra- the craziest moment, you know, in my life or the, or the craziest story. Um, you came up with the boat, so you, you're going to come up with one of these. You know, I, you know, I talk about it in some things that I do, um, different people that have created success in a lot of areas. So um, some movie gurus that I grew up with, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or um, Sylvester Stallone, um, those guys. So probably, you know. If I had to pick one, believe it or not, it would probably be Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Wow. Between Rocky. So um, what would the question be for him? You know, because, you know, when, when you hear certain guys like this, they've created, I feel, areas and uh, success in multiple areas of their life, right? From the movies that he's done, his finances, relationships. Um, and I guess it's more of um, staying grounded. You know, how do you stay grounded being a, a mega, you know, movie star and having, you know, marriage with great kids and, and you know, a great career. You know, how did you not get, um, not to say double-minded in terms of making creating other income, because I believe that's important, but not getting double-minded and getting stupid, because I've always heard you can get stupid at any level. Um, so how did you keep yourself from not getting stupid? Hmm. Um, you know, getting you know influences, because when you make that kind of money, I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, and get away with it. Yeah. You know, hopefully. All right. Hopefully. Fa- uh, follow. <laughs> Who's 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 follow follow up follow up follow up repeater who's repeater follow up question to that is uh can you answer that now because so many people see you as that person Ooh, he got of, you has a, has a great relationship with his wife 
has a great relationship with his kids. You're always doing things together as a family. Very smart with their finances. M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so if I look at what I've done to, to get to where we are, and, and obviously our legacy is not anywhere where we want it to be yet, um, it's doing those little things compounded over, over time. Right? And like Anthony, you had said a little bit too, where there's no secret, right? A lot of people want the, the, the magic uh, sauce that they can just apply and everyone's going to see how successful they are. Right? It's like, oh, look, you've made it doing that stuff over one week. One have month. these magic beans I'll sell you for a million dollars. Right. Give you six pack abs, an amazing marriage, and right. millions of dollars. How so, many beans? Three. Yeah, you may even need four these days. Seven beans? Oh, seven beans. Is that how many there were? Seven beans. Yeah, the really? seven beans of life. So if you look at my career, you know, with my wife, you know, going on almost 19 years, it's just the little things that we've done compounded over time. And it's when no one's looking, what are you doing? It's what are you saying to yourself when it's not a good day? It's not an easy day. Um, you know, we always hear that, you know, it's not as you get wealthier, as you create, you know, more options in your life, it's not supposed to get any easier, yep. right? We experienced that firsthand with Tony, yep. you know, it's created, you know, a great lifestyle for himself, but you know, he, he dealt with cancer. Mm -hmm. So life didn't get any easier for him in 2020, but did he get better, mm. right? So the biggest thing is, I just always wanted to progress in multiple areas, and it's not just about money. I don't look at real, uh, success as how much money someone makes. You know, when I was 21 years old, I had every toy that you wanted in the book, but I wasn't happy in a relationship. I didn't know what my future was gonna look like. But I look at relationships. I mean, that's everything. It's, you know, Vanessa and I had an awesome time in our life, just with the age of our boys, 12 and 15, as they're starting to figure out, you know, what are they gonna do as they get older, and. You know, Tyler's like, you know, yeah, I just want to play golf and, and, and build a company, you know, and it's like so cool to start to see them thinking sure. about what they want to do. So it's not any major thing. I mean, we've made a lot of mistakes, but we we laugh about it. We learn from it um, and we don't bring it with us into the next year, because I think the biggest challenge for a lot of relationships is that they have so much baggage. First of all, most relationships stay in for too long anyway and it's like oh we're fighting again well what are you fighting about oh it's the same stuff we fought about last month well why didn't you change anything yeah why didn't you discuss what you fought about so we can get on the same page and not waste all our mental energy this next month doing the same stuff we did the month before yep right so we didn't bring that forward and that's why we laugh and say we were marinating we weren't ready for one another when we were ready well it's time to grow up yep. right because we're only going through this life once today's date 2020 is only happening this one time but are you preparing for tomorrow are you changing the way you think, the way you act, and it's not just about money. It's about relationships. It's about, obviously, finances. It's just about doing the little things mm. over time. Then all of a sudden, 15 years, people look back and go, wow, look at the relationship that Warren and Venice have with each other. Look at the relationship they have with their kids. Look what they've been able to do with their finances, but they weren't saying that maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But now they do, and then you go, wow, it becomes addicting, and you go, look, I want to keep creating that legacy for my family. I want to create that legacy for our influence of people around us. So if they watch us on Instagram, if they see us on Facebook, we don't, you know, crash and burn or do something stupid. And that's what the world teaches. I mean, yeah. everyone that's that has a friend, you can tell when they're fighting with their spouse, when they're fighting with their friend, if their boss is giving them a hard time, they blast it over social media and they're just reliving it every day. Yeah. Not 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 moving forward. Yeah. So it's com it's little things compounded over time that I would say. Awesome. I got to close out, I think, unless you got something. No, I, can do I was going to say, I, I totally derailed you before, so. Oh, why? When? I don't know. I just came up with, like, things. It's my life, and it's, it's now, now or never. never. Wow.
ain't gonna live forever. It's my life. War, that sounded good. That was a great really good war. Yeah, that was, was good war. Yeah. That was good We war. probably blew out some ears, but... I think I did pretty good. I got the headphones. Yeah, no, you're doing excellent. I got them phones. You're doing excellent. You're doing yeah, excellent. I got them phones. You got them phones. Got them phones. Phones. Okay. <laughs> this is phones and mics. Mics and phones. Do you know how much energy it takes me to not interrupt everything happening 24-7? Yes. Like, every time you say something, I think of something. I'm like, don't interrupt everybody. Yeah. Don't interrupt everybody. Very proud of you. I could see that. Thank you. Before we go into the next close, I just want to, one thing, that thing with Anthony's like kicking up in the air is don't bring it into that new season of your life, is mm. what Warren said. Anthony's like, I'm unsure what Sean's talking about, but mm. No, no, I got it. I got it. I'm trying it's, it's, to, I was, I was listening to what you said, which was good, but at least 75% of my mental capacity was trying to think about the thing you kept saying before that I wanted to make fun who, of you. Who's? 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 <laughs> Man, I, I would come back every episode and just watch it. This is, this is awesome. Well, one you're more than welcome. Th- one thing I will say is that it's discipline to do that. Yeah. Right? So it's easiest to say I want to live a different life. I want to have better finances. Oh, so but true. it's the same thing with the – I talk about it all the time, New Year's resolutions in January. Right? Yep. Why, do most of the, why, do they, why do they fail? It's because they just didn't have enough discipline, number two. Um, good friends. Friends don't <laughs> count drinks, Warren. <laughs> Friends don't count friends' drinks. Warren knows that rule. Yeah. <laughs> he even caught himself after he said You he saw that, right? Oh. You saw that. Um, so it's a discipline, right? It's like, all right, I, I want to have better relationships, but what are you doing to change that? Yeah. And over time, it's fun. Uh, my last, this is probably my last real question. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to have any other kind of funny questions. Take your but breath. What? Go. Because of the can? I'm like, am I, am I, am no. I, am I not have enough oxygen? Am I blue? So when White Claw re-listens to this, they hear the cold Ooh. crack of their can. We do want to say though, White Claw, since you haven't returned any of our numerous calls, emails, messages, we're also drinking Corona seltzers because they answered our message. So if you hear this, get back to us, please. God, we'd really like to sponsor you. Um, last serious question: You're in an industry. And, in, and just in any business requires a lot of rejection and a lot of overcoming people's misunderstanding and attacking character. And that just comes with any level of success across the board. I know because on the flip side of being a gentle soul and a great friend means that you take that more personally. That is more difficult. So the fact that you're in a place where you've created so much success and you feel those things, like for my personality – I don't care. That's why I'm not really a good friend. I don't really care about anything. (laughs) You're a great friend. You did. Thank you. You are a great friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that on the podcast. Great. Great. Um, But how do you deal with rejection? How do you deal with that? Because I know it must weigh heavily on you, but you've developed a way to be able to overcome it where it doesn't seem like it does. Yeah. It's funny you say that because when I said earlier, I want to eventually grow up and be just like Vanessa. Um, She's like you, right? It's... uh, you know, if, if there's something that comes at her and, you know, I'll, I'll still be like, you know, remember that? It was like three hours later. She's like, remember what? Right. Right. So she lets it go a lot easier and, and, and I don't. And that's one of, you know, my biggest faults that I that I deal with all the time is just thinking about stuff a lot longer than I should be. Mm. And, you know, how I, I feel like I could have been further off in life if I was able to let things go sooner. 
feelings too. I would say yeah. it's more like you you think about emotional events or slights or because yeah. it's not like you're thinking about things that happen with people probably right. right? Is yeah. what you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I mean, you know, how, how do I move through that? You know, faster. It takes some time. You know, um, it's it's always there and it comes back easier. But um, I, I look at people. I try to break people down in terms of. It's kind of how I look at my life with Vanessa in the earlier years. It's like if we were having an argument, if we were frustrated with one another, did I feel that she truly went out of her way to make me feel that way? Mm. Or was it just the situation? Was it her personality? Was it her temperament? Was it something right. that she brought to the table? And I was like, you know what? No, she loves me. I know she does. It was just the day. It was just the moment. And then I try to not think about it. And I've done very well to just move forward and not look back. Same thing in anything today. I think that if you constantly sit back and and question who you are, you're always going to be a victim to those people that are around you that are not ever going to influence you. They're never going to, you know, do what you're willing to do. They're not going to help you in relationships and finances. And we live in a society where so many people love to give their input. They love to yeah. give their advice. Everybody wants to be a motivational speaker on Instagram with three views. And I always laugh and I see that where they post a quote or they post this and they haven't really created any platform in their life to give that type of content, mm. but because they have a vehicle like an Instagram or a Facebook, they sure. think that they're, um, you know, an expert. Thankfully, so, we have seven views because we fall into that category. We do right. have seven yeah. views. <laughs> seven Thank views you, a second. Seven. Thanks, yeah. mom, dad, cousin, <laughs> <Right>. Kayla. <laughs> and I told Vanessa to view too. Thank you, um, Vanessa. You know, so it's just that comes from believing in who are who you are and where you believe that you're going to go in your life. Because if you listen to what everyone says and you think that that's going to be your life, then you're right. Yeah. You know, Tyler and Dylan are two boys three years apart. They they are, they are experts in fighting with one another, um, you know, in a good way. You know, right. they, they know there's only so much that mom and dad, you know, will tolerate. And, and Dylan will come to me and say, like, Dad, Tyler said, uh, you know, I'm not good at this. No, he'll say this. Dad. Right, right. Dad, Tyler says, you know, oh, it's Dad, Tyler says I'm an idiot. I go, are you? He goes, no. <laughs> I said, so what do you care what Tyler says? Ooh. Yeah, that's good. Right? So if someone Get gives him, you Dad. something, it's like, they say, oh, that's not going to work, or you can't do this, or this, or that. It's the same thing in the automotive industry. If someone's like, oh, my gosh, that's so much money. My last you know, mechanic you know, ripped me off. And I go, well, we're not your last mechanic. Yeah. So if you don't give me the ability to show you that we're different, well, then, honestly, we probably can't help you. Yeah. And I'd rather not even do the work on the car and then just send them, send mm. them that way. So. That's not easy. The intro. That's the intro. That's Why is great. the intro always at the great. end, right? Because we're flowing now. You the know? intro is always at the end. And we know it's not easy being in our brains. It's true. Right? But it makes us who we are. It's true. You know what it was? We should have broken out the seltzer sooner because uh, the content's flowing, baby. It's, it's flowing. flowing. Did you want to promote your new book? <laughs> the War of Sutra, 365 <laughs> Positions for Optimal Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that, Anthony, because <laughs> oh, man. we're lost. I've been sitting on that for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's why it's been like, like he has the eyes of like, I want to say something, I want to say something. Wanna, say like, something. If, if I have a, like a, a great moment with my wife, I'd be like, sweetie, how can we teach this? <laughs> but I actually do eventually want to write a book, Anthony. You should. Oh, yeah. What are you going to write um, about? So talking about earlier how we now are parenting our parents and 
how we've changed the course of our future. Um, a lot of people say, well, it's so funny. You're nothing like your parents, and it's almost like you were adopted. Uh, so the title of my book one day is going to be How I Was Adopted But Actually Look Like My Parents mm. and I have different chapters in there. I have um, a really good like person you can talk to. You should, yeah. you should really start on it. You can get a company and you can get somebody to help you work through the content and even help you go through it. Really? That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. For Something you to definitely do. to put together one day as well. I'll my, connect you with him because goals. God knows you won't reach out. Let me help you connect <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. And also my own uh, fragrance. Yes, fragrance. Yes, so fragrance. Fragrance. Two two big goals in the future. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. Anything anything you want to say? Anything ending comments you want to make sure you Any mention you forgot? Social media platforms, websites, anything Things like to that. Promote. Anything to promote. Do you have any pictures you want to share for people that pay twenty dollars? <laughs> no, look, I, I, I you guys will promote me on anything you guys say in your rap, but uh, look, I just appreciate you know. Everything you guys are doing, I feel like this world needs to hear what success looks like. And, uh, you know, when you think about the time that you guys are spending and the people that you're putting on here, um, they're game changers in the, in the world, of, uh, in the game of life. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of relationships and marriages and finances and just doing the little things that most people don't know what they need to do. Which is the first thing is getting that right information, but then it's also making the decision behind it, yep. you know, to do it. And, uh, you know, Vanessa and I are so appreciative, so thankful especially now more than ever with the crazy times that we're in. Totally. You know, when you think about a pandemic, but, you know, I feel like that everything happens for a reason. You know, yep. maybe society was getting a, too, a little too out of control with technology and, and, you know, in the last three, you know, over the craziest times of, of COVID, you know, the amount of dinners that were had together and the amount of conversations with spouses and kids. Sure. And, you know, I remember it was the middle of April and I saw a family of four. It was a Tuesday at one o'clock driving bikes on uh, on the street. Mom, they dad, were and driving the, kids, the bikes, riding their bikes, yeah, yeah driving sorry. them bikes, driving all day. <laughs> Thanks, Corona Hard Seltzer. Uh, you know, seltzer. So, <laughs> seltzer, Corona Hard Seltzer, Vanessa, sponsored on Long Island. Vanessa, my my accent. You know, so it's just you know, it's great to see what's happening. It's sad to see what's happening, but it's also great to see what's happening because, like anything, yeah. you know, people will get better coming out of this. Um, if you want to. Yeah. So. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the show notes, we'll make sure that we list the War Sutra and where you can purchase that. 365 positions for optimal marriage health. Uh, we'll definitely get the, the, the piercer that uh, pierced um, Warren's nipples because they look phenomenal. And we'll make sure we get you his newest book, How to Parent uh, Adopted But I Look Like My Parents. We'll make sure that we get that to come out. Yep. So. I think this was a great episode. Thank I had you, a really Warren. good Thank time. you, guys. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for repping the EOE merch. Darian, yeah. you don't rep your shit. Darian, Get off. Darian, are you even our friend? I don't think so. I don't. Warren, and, uh, Warren what do you thanks. have to say about him? Yeah, what do you have to say about Darian, Warren? I love him. Okay, well, that was no. what a supine would say. Yeah. Um, he's fine. He is he's fine. fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's, 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 he's fine. He's fouled up insecure, erotic, emotional. Okay. And thanks, thanks for wearing those EOE pasties, Warren. That was really appreciated. Look, so We need somebody to test them out. So That is uh, our... our latest episode of Extraordinary Excellence where ordinary people with extraordinary beards are doing ordinary things extra in Sean's piercings with extraordinary piercings over and out who's 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 who's